When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason. I'm here with Eric and Timmy, as always. Boys, the regular season, the conference titles, all that horseshit is done. And we are going to talk about bowl games. Bowl mania. Part one of two uh, for our listeners. This is going to be a two-part deal because, well, there's way too many fucking bowl games. And I, <laughs> I mean, I've been... Some people would say that these bowl games are the horseshit part. Yes, I would have to agree that there's way too many, and I really don't give a shit about watching, you know, the Meineke Car Care Bowl, but uh, it is, uh, it's football, and if nothing else is on, well, I'll probably be watching it. Not sure I'm going to be betting on very many, but we shall see. Uh, Timmy, what's going on with you, man? Not much, man. Just, uh... Trying to keep tabs on all the shit swirling around here the last, you know, week or so. There's a lot of shit out there, so. <sighs> yeah, good luck with that. It's, uh, yeah, drinking uh, drinking arsenic from a fire hose at this point. There's so much fucking chaos. Eric, what's, happen- Pretty much. what's happening with you other than your shitty internet? <laughs> uh, other than that, you know, yeah, same old, same old. I'm doing good. Um, it's kind of a slow weekend last weekend. I I didn't have a full day of football to watch. I didn't know what to do with all that time. So, uh, but the good news is that problem's going to be solved and I'm going to have nothing but football if I want it for about the next two and a half weeks. So I got that going for me, which is nice. Well, it would, uh, give a, give a little shout out and big ups to the, uh, midshipmen out there. Got the job done. Got the did. W. Yes, they did. And, and they hit the under. For yeah. the 16th year in a row. Yes, they did. Yeah, that damn guy. Uh, that's what you call, or no, that wasn't that damn guy. Who who was our, it was our other listener question we got from uh, good good process, you know, versus oh, yeah. bad process and bad results. A good process yeah. is betting on Service Academy Unders, once again. Yeah. And, and for a decade and a half, you'd have gotten a good result with that too. Yeah, man. So hopefully that listener uh, is, uh, you know, taking our advice there because uh, I, I, I didn't go overboard. Uh, you know, I made a small bet on that game, but God, looking back, I don't know what I was thinking. I should have just, you know, bet it all. So felt really confident Here's about the deed it. to my house. Yeah. Why not? House, truck, whatever. Who cares? So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was actually a really interesting game to watch, but now we get into the good shit. So 
Before we get into bowl games, I'm going to talk about a little bit of coaching carousel. And we don't have to talk too much about this because there really hasn't been a ton of news on the coaching front. Uh, we did get uh, Oregon got their guy. Um, they interviewed a bunch of people. I know BYU Sataki was uh, a candidate there, but they went with Dan Lanning, Georgia's defensive coordinator. And Eric, I, you know, I mean, outside of just him being the defensive coordinator at Georgia, I mean, is there anything we need to know about him as far as that goes? Well, you should know that. Not really. I mean, that's kind of the, that's kind of the whole deal. He's been the defensive coordinator for this is his third season. He's not one of the bigger names that a lot of people probably thought a, a school like Oregon would go after. You know, X knows wise. He's he's got a really good reputation. Uh, he's known as a really good recruiter. Obviously, coming from the the Georgia machine, there. You know, the, today was early signing day. They're they're going to pull in another top three, maybe top two class. Um, so I think he's going to be able to go there, and he he knows what kind of athlete he wants to get for the defensive side of the ball probably surprised a lot of people that, that Oregon hired someone who's never been a head coach at any level, but uh, he's obviously been a, a pretty successful assistant, even though it's not real long time. Like a guy like, uh, like Venables, who's been a DC for 20 years. Well, that's a good point. And I do think, I mean, I might be crazy here. I know we all talk about Kirby smart, like he's a saving assistant, but I mean, the guy has had, in my opinion, enough success now as a head coach that we can start talking about like the Kirby smart coaching tree a little bit. I mean, am I crazy? Am I way off base? Is it too soon for that? I mean, Mel Tucker's got 95 million reasons that you can say that's a a thing to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Which, I mean, he kind of came from that Saban tree too. So it's, uh, it's, they're all related in some way, but well, it all goes back. It all goes back to the goat. Yeah, hundred percent. Kirby's kind of been on his own now, and you're starting to see that. You know, his offensive coordinator uh, Monken is probably the next guy to go. Maybe not this cycle, but you know, if they if they come out and average 38 a game next year as well, he might be a guy who gets some looks next year. And so he'll he'll kind of fall into eventually same type of situation as Saban, where he's got to replace a you know a coordinator on one side of the ball or another every couple of years yeah 100 percent. and at this rate it'll be like uh af- it'll be halfway through week one when uh someone is fired and he'll go yeah, and take the way a things job. are going now yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so the other coaching news uh uva we talked about it a little bit uh the who's they got their guy tony elliott so clemson is uh in desperate need of some coordinators now long time clemson assistant been there forever finally takes the head coaching job at uh the who's man so timmy What's going on in Virginia right now? You know, this was, I think it was a good hire for them. You know, they were obviously really shocked by the announcement from Bronco Mendenhall that he was stepping away. Um, By all accounts that he gave, it was, you know, for personal reasons. He wants to focus on his family and all that other kind of stuff. But it was just so unannounced that, you know, they were left scrambling. So it was fortunate for them that Tony Elliott was still out there uh, for them to go and get. You know, he's not walking into an easy job there in Charlottesville. They have a good offense. Um, that's got to be his first priority is to, you know, try to keep their uh, their quarterback from going to the NFL. Um, you know, he's still making his decisions, so that's got to be his top priority. And then his second priority has got to be to try to get a recruiting class in there because they lost uh, a lot of their higher-end commits um, based on, you know, the coaching uncertainty. Uh, a couple of them flipped to Virginia Tech, and a couple of a couple others went elsewhere. So you know the cupboard's going to be bare on this recruiting class. So it's going to be 
it's going to be a tough uphill battle for him the first year or two. But I think he's he's got enough uh, coaching acumen and recruiting talent to you know make a turnaround in Charlottesville. So I'll be interested to see how it works. Well, and he did get uh, one good piece of news kind of right out of the gate. You know, Brennan Armstrong. We didn't know if he would transfer or potentially maybe try the NFL out. I mean, he's eligible, but uh, he did announce he was coming back for another season. So, no, oh, did he? I didn't. See yeah, that he yet. he did officially say he's coming back. So that kind of you know will help Elliott keep his offense together right out of the gate. So, and they were a young team this year. I mean, they did they had a bunch of freshmen. <laughs> I mean, so I don't know. Should be interesting. Maybe they can make some noise. And the ACC being as down as it was, <laughs> you know, who knows? He might. He might see a Mel Tucker-esque, you know, kind of jump next year. You never know. I don't know, man. He's going to have some competition, a lot of new faces there that have a lot of potential. Yeah. So the ACC, it, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be real interesting to watch next year with all the shit that's going on, especially with Clemson. But, oh, man, talking about transfers. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. This has been, this has become just out of, I mean, it's it's out of control. It's out of control. You talk about, I saw a statement from Dabo Sweeney that was like, there, it's it's complete and utter chaos right now. There is tampering galore. And, you know, it's kind of unfortunate for a lot of the kids in the transfer portal and things like that. But at this rate, there's no repercussions for these schools. They can just call up whoever, like Bryce Young, and be like, hey, come play for us. We'll pay him $3 million from this booster over here. I mean, it's... Well, it's hard when, you know, you have now a similar model to what the NFL has in free agency, but the one thing that college doesn't have is contracts. So how do you regulate, you know, somebody picking up the phone and calling another kid and saying, hey, man, you know, your life would be a lot better over here. Uh, You know, how do you do that? I don't know how you do it. And I think this is kind of a sort of an unintended consequence of, you know, the, the NCAA getting their shit pushed in and, you know, in, <laughs> in the courtroom and they've just kind of washed their hands of it and said, you guys figure it out. I, I don't know what kind of regulation, if any, is coming. Hopefully some. I mean, and I don't want to say regulation. That's a, that's a bad word, but at least some kind of criteria to prevent tampering. Well, I think there, there's got to be some happy medium between the way it used to be, you know, where you, you could transfer, but you weren't eligible to play the next year. And, you know, everybody bitched because it was like, you know, that's not fair to the kid that's transferring, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, I get that part of the argument. But, you know, now you see what the implications are when you say if you transfer, you can just suit up and play the following year. You know, there's got to be some middle ground there, but I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, but that's also that's also a one time deal. Yeah, right, you you get the one you get the one freebie. Other past that, then you're you're kind of back to the old rules. I don't know. It's I, I will tell you this: I don't ever want to hear a coach bitching about players doing what's best for them ever again. Like like Gene Chizik of all people was on there talking about, well, this is going to ruin the sport. You know, it's all about money now, and it's not about it's not about team. It's not about academics. And I just wanted to puke. Like that dude made nineteen million dollars at Auburn half of which was please go away money. So I, I don't, you know, the, the holier than thou from guys who made millions on the backs of college students whining that college students are getting theirs is a non-starter for me. Well, then like, then you got guys like Brian Kelly, like how does he sit down and have a serious conversation with a kid when that kid comes up to him and says, coach, I'm going to transfer to another school because I think I have better opportunity 
you know, over there. <laughs> how does he how does he have a serious conversation after what he just did? I'll, you know what I mean? I'll tell you how he right. does it. He does it in his fake southern accent. That's how he does it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great, does, it's a, does he do a stupid fucking dance right afterwards? Yes, he does. Oh my god. It's a great day that, to be a tiger. Dude. Like get the fuck out of here with that shit, Brian <laughs> Kelly. Good God. I mean, I'm happy that, for the guy that he's making all that money and he's got he's at a place to win a title, but dude Enough with the antics, man. Like, you don't have to do anything different than what you've always done. You just. Right. Just be a football coach. Yeah. Don't like, be a buffoon. <laughs> that's the bizarre thing is like Brian Kelly video clips are like Fast and the Furious movies. Like, every one yeah. that comes out is worse than the one directly before it. Like, and I'm fucking here for all yes. of them. Keep bringing them. That's so good. Like, anytime LSU tweets something about him, I instantly go find the comments. It's just, it's pure, oh. it's comedy gold, man. It's great. Well, yeah. like, who's their PR guy over there that's like, man, this is fucking great. I, We're just putting this up on the Twitter page ASAP. I don't know, but maybe it's this just is content gold. Yeah, maybe it's just to get clicks. I'm, I'm not sure. So it's it's got to be some fucking undergrad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not quite certain, but uh, in the interim, you know, we're all uh, we're all happy it's going on because uh, it's definitely gives us something to laugh at and to talk about. But since we're uh, talking about LSU, Max Johnson, their quarterback, has transferred along with a slew. Of other quarterbacks and big names too: Spencer Rattler, Keaton Slovis, Bo Nix, Zach Calzada, Gwen Ewers, Emory Jones. Like I mean, the list goes on and on and on of these guys transferring. And I mean, most notable transfers, I would say, Spencer Rattler to South Carolina. I mean, Doctor Thunder was the preseason Heisman favorite. Beamer ball, getting it done. Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it's the middle of February, dropping everything. I mean, I think that's a huge upgrade for South Carolina. They're not going to be starting a fucking grad transfer anymore. I was going to say, he's certainly better than the fucking 38-year-old guy they had wheeled out there. <laughs> <and> fucking, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that he's, he's going to walk in and start day one and should be a massive upgrade for them. So, yeah. He should. So he had one bad game and one terrible half against Texas. And other than that, he was like average. Right. That's the thing is like, it's not that he was bad. It's just he wasn't as great as everyone expected him to be. But he was still like super like middle of the pack, mediocre. And and like you guys are saying, like what we saw from South Carolina and the quarterback department, a mediocre automatically is an upgrade for them. Yeah. But he and wasn't he wasn't terrible by any stretch. Well, and before we move forward, I do want to, I kind of want to rewind a little bit to what you were saying, Eric, because I had a point and I forgot about it until just now. I think what Chiswick is mainly pointing to there, and <laughs> certainly I have been a huge critic of uh, Chiswick in the past, being, of course, an Alabama fan and all the shit with Cam Newton and all that, you know. So I think Chiswick's point is a lot of these kids, some of them, you could argue, don't really know what's best for them. You know, they've got people telling them this is what's best for you. But is it really? Right. That's probably part of it. So so the thing he was referring to was it's uh, the University of Texas. Some company is basically every scholarship offensive lineman at Texas is it's like a group NIL deal. And they're all getting, I don't remember if it's 50 or 100 grand a year for whatever sponsorship uh, spokesperson type deal they're doing. But he's like, well, you know, they're getting this in addition to the educational scholarship and when does it end? And I just, you know, and he's probably right that, you know, kids, kids are going to make bad decisions. 
some some kids, a certain percentage of these kids are going to make a decision based solely on money that they will later regret. And that's, but that's not Gene Chizik's d- decision to make. Like he's in no position to be like the moral overlord of who gets paid. <laughs> no, no. By anybody. No, that's, that's called fucking life. Like to close out this argument, like, I guess I think Dabo hit it right on the head. Like there is more to consider for 95% of these kids. Because, yeah, 5% of the kids in college, they're going to go play in the NFL and make millions. So it doesn't fucking matter where they go to college. But for the other 95%, it matters. Like, there's a lot of shit that goes on with their education and all of those things that will affect the rest of their lives. And feeding a kid a promise of, hey, you can make 50 grand a year if you come play for our school. Well, yeah, it might be good for him for three seasons to make 50 grand a year, but what the fuck's he going to study there? How's he going to turn out as a man? What kind of coach is he playing for? You know, I mean, I just think from his point, there's a lot more to it than just where you're playing football. So I don't disagree with that part of it. But sticking with the transfers, we talked about Rattler to South Carolina. I don't think Keaton Slovis has made a decision yet where he's going. Am I crazy there? I don't I don't think anybody wants him. <laughs> well, he only lost uh, his job because of injury, right? He got injured, isn't that right? He got yeah, he got hurt and then uh Jackson Dart uh came in for him, but he later on got hurt as well. To me, the one common thread with all these guys is either a head coach or offensive coordinator change, right? Whether it's Rattler, Slovis, uh Max Johnson, Emory Jones, uh Bo Nix right uh auburn let mike bobo go um most of these guys it's a hey i'm not i'm not sure about the new guy how i fit in here so that's part of it some of these guys are just unhappy because they're not playing and that's that's going to be a challenge for everybody going forward now with these rules is you know coaches are going to be have to they're gonna have to be a lot more honest on the front end with these kids as they're getting recruited as far as what their role is going to be um because if you sell a kid oh yeah you can compete for a job you can compete for a job and you know a year and a half later kid hasn't seen the field you might lose them right? No matter how many stars are behind his name. So, uh, and it's going to be a challenge for teams to actually build quarterback depth. We've seen that in a couple of games where maybe a starter got knocked out and the second stringer came in and the, the drop off was so significant that it was, you know, keeping a second quarterback who can come in and not piss the game away is Penn State anybody, right? That's the <laughs> prime example. Because like when Sean Clifford came out of that Iowa game, they immediately went to looking like complete JV offense. Oh yeah. It was uh, painful to watch. Right. And, and the guy who was their backup is, you know, at the time was starting for an undefeated Kentucky team. You know, keep, keeping a second guy that can keep you in a game is going to be a challenge for coaches. I'm kind of curious to see who, who figures that out. Well, you know, and we can sit here and talk all day about all these kids who have transferred and this, that, and the other. The only thing that comes out of this that I hope we get to, I guess, because I don't think it's going to go back. I don't think we're going back. I think we're here and this shit's here to stay and it's only going to get more crazy. But I hope that if we're going to treat it like NFL free agency, then let's do it like NFL free agency. You can't transfer during the season and immediately go play for somebody else. Like there needs to be a designated fucking transfer period. Am I crazy there? Am I, I don't think that's there's anything for preventing that from happening. Am I wrong? No, I don't think so, but I don't know all the ins and outs of what the restrictions are and what they can and can't do and when they can't do it. I think some of that language is there already, but 
you know, it's probably not as tight as it needs to be. So the, I guess kind of the complicator, the limiting factor in, in that idea is that it's also tied to class enrollment as far as when semesters start, you know, when, when you can transfer academically. Because you can't just say, oh, well, well, after the season, we'll have this window because then the spring semester has started at most places, right? Once you get past the first of the year. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of. There's a lot, to, a lot of questions that would have to be answered there. But rather than sitting here and going through every individual transfer, because literally there's just too many to list, um, we're going to take a quick break and then we're actually going to go ahead and get into the bowl game previews because I'm, I'm really pumped up for like Timmy to throw some games at me. So <laughs> I bet you uh, are. Yeah, man. So we're going to take a break and we will be right back. Hey guys, real quick, I want to tell you about our corporate sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, don't worry about it. You can still get in on the action. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That is the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with the promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the South End Zone podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, boys, we're going to get into these bowl game previews now. And, uh, Timmy, I'm going to take a break, man. I'm just going to kick it over to you and let you run some shit. You good with that? Yeah, I could take over for this piece. Sweet, because I'm, uh, I'm just I'm, – I'm tired of hosting, man, if I'm being honest. Like, <laughs> you, you're going to have to fucking earn your paycheck, you know, all like 10 cents that I send you to do this. <laughs> you guys are getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still looking forward to the day. All right. So, uh No, but Yeah, go um, ahead, man. Take, yeah. yeah, kick it off. Yeah, like we uh alluded to at the beginning. So, we're going to, you know, do our standard round robin pick 'em format where, you know, we'll we'll go either with the line or against the over and under um for each game. But uh little curveball this time is you're not going to pick your own game, so you don't get to prep and do your own research. This is going to be hitting it with you cold, you know, no information um, unless you're reading up on every single bowl game. So it should make it a little bit more interesting. Um, I'm going to pick the games for Jason. He's going to have to give me his answers. Uh, Jason's going to pick for Eric and Eric's going to pick for me. And, you know, we'll go one at a time round robin and uh, see how it all shakes out at the end. You guys game? Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So uh, I, I think Jason should go first up on the chopping block here just uh, just because I'm ho- hosting this section. So it makes me <sighs> I feel I don't know good. why you're putting me on the chopping block. Eric won the picks. He should go first. But I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it. yeah, yeah that's, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm still picking you. <laughs> yeah. Br- um, bring it. Bring that weak shit. <laughs> so your first game that you're going to have to make a decision on is the old Tax Slayer Bowl. 
That's uh, pitting Wake Forest against Texas A and M. The line is A and M by five and a half. Over under is at forty five and a half. What you got? Texas A and M and Wake Forest. Hmm. Well, uh, these teams actually played a couple of years ago, and it was a fucking shootout they played in like 2017 i think 2017 and like the belt bowl or something wake forest beat them like 50 something to 50 something it was crazy i remember that game but that may as well have been 40 years yeah ago. might as well have been so different situation now for both teams um a little bit of news on the aggie front uh we did touch on calzada haynes king is not going to be healthy to to start this game he's not going to be healthy to play so a&m is starting a walk-on guy named blake Bo- blake bost blake boast i don't know how you say his fucking name but he's a walk-on and that's it's who's gonna be starting a, yeah that's who's gonna be starting a quarterback so somebody from the student section yeah and to my knowledge i think isaiah spiller has opted out and declared for the draft so with all the offensive woes for a&m and to my knowledge, pretty much everybody for Wake is going to play in the bowl game. I don't think they've got any major opt-outs or anything or major injuries. Is Hartman playing? Uh, as far as I know, yeah. Yeah, as far I haven't as seen I know, anything about him. I was about to say, I haven't right. seen any news that he's not playing. So with all the offensive woes for A&M, no quarterback, running back, declaring for the draft, all of that stuff, and Wake Forest's roster being largely intact, I'm going to bank on Wake Forest covering five and a half. I don't know that they win because Texas A&M's defense is pretty solid, even with all their offensive woes. They might keep it a close game, or they may just dominate them. I don't know. Bowl games are nuts. So give me Wake. I'm going to lay the points I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the points with Wake, plus five and a half. Bold. <laughs> Probably so. I, I would pick a guy out of the student section at quarterback for an A&M to hang 60 on Wake's defense. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Hopefully it'll be another high-scoring affair like it was four years ago. All right. Um, so that one's out of the way. So, Jason, uh, why don't you go ahead and serve Eric up his first game? I'm ready. I'm going to give Eric a repeat customer here. Uh, your old your old favorites here. I'm going to hit you with the Cure Bowl, December 17th in Orlando, Florida, Northern Illinois, facing the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina. <laughs> so you've been calling Coastal Carolina all fucking season on these huge lines I've been covering. So current line is minus 10 and a half in favor of Coastal Carolina. The total is 63 and a half. What do you got? Take those ten and a half points and run, because I'm laying them. <laughs> I'm I am sticking with the shots. That I am I believe four and one backing them this year. So yeah, I, I think uh, I like the shots by two scores. All right. Well, there you go, man. <laughs> so Eric's on that coast of Carolina train. Ain't nothing changed since the regular season. I knew God, it wouldn't. So many yeah, mullets. So He's many shining moments. up that Jamie Chadwell picture that's next to his bed. <laughs> yeah, I can't is. believe no one hired that dude. I feel strong about this now. Really strong. All right. Well, it's my turn now, so hit me with it, Eric. All right, Timmy, give me your thoughts on the Frisco Bowl. Not to be con- confused with the Frisco Football Classic, uh, but the Frisco Bowl, which pits Group of Five Powers UTSA at 12 and 1 versus 11 and 2 San Diego State Aztecs. Who you got? 
Woo, man. Hit me with the group of five bowl here. I'm glad you, you know, you clarified the Frisco versus the other one because, you know, I fucking knew about that. <laughs> well, but, uh, yeah, we can get into that in a minute. What's, uh, what's the line on that game again? Uh, UTSA is laying two and a half. So I think that I'm going to ride, uh, San Diego State on this one. Um, you know, they, they played some pretty good football, uh, this year. I think they run the ball well. They play some decent defense. Um, I think I like them to cover that two and a half. Ooh. Terrible offense versus, well, <laughs> a really good team. I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Uh, it is worth mentioning here that San Diego State, you know, they got just absolutely fucking slaughtered by Utah State uh, in the conference championship. They did. But they something I didn't know about that, they dealt with like a massive COVID outbreak right before that. So, you know, hopefully yeah, I all think those missing like eight starters, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So I didn't realize that going into that game, but um outside of that, the only notable um news for this game is the UTSA starting safety is gonna miss the first half because of a targeting call. But outside of that, should be normal. So all right. Well, now that we've got the first round out of the way, um, Jason, you're next up again, and you're going to have to weigh in on the Cheese It Bowl. Oh, and you're going to do it. You're going to have to pick between the South End Zone podcast national championship game that we called <laughs> Clemson versus Iowa State. Oh, my God. Uh, They're playing in January, the, uh, just like we predicted. That's correct. Um, Iowa State's favored by one and a half over unders at 45 and a half. (sighs) What say you, man? Oh God. I, I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth, but I, I just can't go. No, I'm not. You know what? I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to stick with what I said. I like Clemson. Give me Clemson plus the one and a half because even with all the coordinator nonsense, all of the transfers, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Clemson, the last three, four weeks of the season was trucking people. I mean, just dominating people. They they started to look like Clemson again. Whereas Iowa State <laughs> looked like Iowa State that we all know and love at seven and five. So even with all the coordinator stuff, They've still got Dabo, man. He's still the head coach. So give me Clemson plus one and a half, man. I like Clemson by a score. Give it to me. Taking taking Clemson and the headless horseman at the offensive and defensive coordinator position. I like it. Hey, man. Very bold. You know, coaches don't play. They don't play defense. So Clemson, it ain't like they're going to be missing a whole lot of talent on defense. I don't know. I feel like Clemson covers the one and a half, man. Give it to me. All right, man. Let's see if uh, see if you come out on top on this one. I would have picked Iowa State, but that's just well. Me. I picked them preseason uh, national champs, so why the fuck not, man? Just give keep keep giving me all the Clemson purple and orange Kool Aid. Yeah. I'm good with it. Hey, you know it's like we used to say back in the day: if you're wrong, stay wrong. <laughs> Whatever. Um. All right, Jason, give Eric his second L of the week. What do we got? Oh yeah, I got one for him. This one, I uh, Eric, I'm gonna hit you with. The Holiday Bowl. The Holiday Bowl pits UCLA and NC State against one another. 
And this Ooh, that's an interesting it game. It is an interesting game indeed. And this game debuts at Petco Park, the baseball stadium in San Diego. God, there's a lot of those lately. Yeah, you got the Fenway Bowl happening this year. There's, there's the Yankee Stadium, Fenway. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pinstripe Bowl. You know? I didn't yep. realize it was in, in Petco Park, though. It is in Petco. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and the current line is... Well, they don't have a football team anymore there, so they got to play somewhere, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess. So the current line is NC State minus one and a half. The total is 59 and a half. What do you got? Uh, I think the play I would go with here is the under. Uh, I think NC State wins. I think they're the better team probably, but 59 and a half seems like a lot for these two teams because NC State plays pretty good defense. It's just kind of initial reaction. I think I think they would keep it under 60. Hmm. Okay. So under 59 I think that's probably, probably safe. The only thing that I would worry about is if UCLA – you know, gets their run game going. I think NC State's been susceptible at times um, to people who can run the ball well. Um, that would be the only thing that concerns me, but I think you're probably safe with that one. Well, now I'm screwed because I think four or five different times this year you've said I, my pick was safe and I, I missed on every single <laughs> one of those. I, Kiss of death. I, honestly, I kind of like UCLA, uh, but it's a Chip Kelly thing for me. You know my history with Chip Kelly. It's not good. So anytime I bet against him, he screws me. So I kind of like UCLA in this game. There's no like coaching or personnel opt-out news to report on this game. There's nothing. No injury. I mean, it's so outside of that, like NC State, their players um, going to California, San Diego, bowl game, partying. Fucking UCLA's guys live in LA, dude. They're going right down the road to San Diego. I mean, I just, I don't know, cross-country trip for NC State, all the madness. I kind of like UCLA just to get on the bus and go over an hour and take care of business. I mean, I, I don't know. So, Or they might show up hungover. <laughs> yeah, or that. That could happen, too. So, All right, Eric, what, uh, what kind of bullshit one-off bowl <sighs> game with two teams I've never heard of are you going to hit me with now? I would like to give you the uh, Mike Leach Revenge Tour game, also oh. known as the Liberty Bowl. Ooh, baby. So uh, Mississippi State is, uh, as of this morning, was an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against his former employer, Texas Tech, uh, whom he did not leave on good terms. And I think he probably still believes they owe him money. But uh, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> um, yeah, the current line on that is nine-and-a-half. Mississippi State yeah, minus looking nine, at and a nine and a half. Fifty nine and a half. Um, well, first off, I'm going to go to my my man on the street here, Jason. Do we have any uh, insight into any recent developments regarding opt outs or anything like that with this game that I need to consider? Uh, well, out as far as um, players opting out and things of that nature, there we currently don't have any opt out news. But uh, as far as coaching news goes with this, you know, Texas. Tech hired uh, Joey McGuire as uh, their head coach, the Baylor associate head coach. But uh, interim head coach Sonny Cumbie will still coach the bowl game, even though he's already accepted the head job at Louisiana Tech. Yeah, and I I do know that Texas Tech has lost some other you know assistant coaches um, to the you know the coaching carousel to fill other spots elsewhere as well. 
So that doesn't sit necessarily well with me. And I think Mike Leach is going to have these guys ready to go. I'm going to lay the points with Mississippi State here. I think they get it done. I love that pick. I love it. I think Mississippi yeah, State just too. rolls them. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it might get I ugly. I agree. I think it's going to be a beatdown. I, I think Leach is going to be up by multiple score. He's going to he's going to throw the ball until all zeros. Oh yeah. Like there's there's going to be no. I don't give a shit if he gets up by forty five. He is going to be chucking it. Yeah, I agree with that. Mer- Mercy does not exist in this dojo. I'm, <laughs> I'm also interested to see what kind of interview he does post game, you know, in a victory format, talking about Christmas food festivities and whatnot. Oh man, that's a that would be an entire podcast just looking Here at for it. looking at Leach's uh, favorites, you know, for food items. We could do a whole podcast about that. That would be elite. I will say this: we're all on Mike Leach for this game, but he has been known to lay a giant fucking egg here and there. Yeah, but we're talking about Texas Tech here, man. We suck. Jesus Christ, what are we talking about here? (laughs) They're fucking terrible. Really bad. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't. I don't hate that pick. I like Mississippi State there. Good call. I like it. So, all right, what all right. bullshit are you throwing my way now? Oh, God. All right, so the, the bullshit that's coming your way is going to be the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. You're going to have to decide between Gundy or the Fighting Irish. The Irish are two-and-a-half-point favorites over-unders of 45-and-a-half. Let's go. Pick Gundy. <laughs> you know you want to. <laughs> uh, I can't do it. I, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> Under principle, I took Gundy one time this year and he came through for me and I feel like that's one and done. I'm not I'm not getting back I'm not going back to that well because it it's Just never your head. it's never worked good for me. So I'm gonna say that Notre Dame and their new head coach, you know, who they hired from within, I'm gonna lay the points with them and go Notre Dame minus two and a half. I think they cover that and I think Gundy goes back to the drawing board. And as far as news for this game goes, uh, Notre Dame does have a couple of players that are going to opt out. Kyle Hamilton, probably their best offensive weapon. He and the running back, Kyron Williams, are both going to skip the Fiesta Bowl to prep for the NFL draft. To my knowledge, Oklahoma State doesn't have anybody opting out. Their defensive coordinator um, took the job at Ohio State, but my understanding is he's going to still help them prepare for this game i don't know i just I, I think notre dame's more talented than them i don't know so even with all right even with marcus freeman taking over give me notre dame minus two and a half all right you're right and i'm going to tell you why for two reasons all right one on the notre dame side marcus freeman as you mentioned before he was previously previously their defensive coordinator those guys are gassed up for him to be the head coach i think they come out and they play hard for him um, you know, set the tone and, you know, get things off on the right foot. Two, this game's being played on New Year's Day, and Gundy's going to be hung the fuck over, and he's not going to be knowing what the hell's going on on the football field, <laughs> and they're liable to just get fucking steamrolled because he's over there taking a nap, all right? <laughs> yeah, that is the most likely scenario that any of us have seen. So, so, so the only time this year that I'm on Notre Dame is is because Gundy's hung over puking in a fucking trash can in the middle of the game. Oh, my God. You're actually on Notre Dame with me. Whoo, man. You kidding me? All right, now that we got the Gundy puke bowl out of the way, um, go ahead and give Eric his next uh, next one up. 
Okay, so for Eric's third pick, I'm going to hit him with uh, another one of his favorites for this season. That he's just been, they're just, they're Eric's darlings preseason. And uh, Timmy, you better get ready for this one because there's some major shade coming your way here. Uh, I'm going to hit Eric with the first, res- oh, great. <laughs> the first responders bowl, December 28th in Dallas, Texas, Air Force versus Louisville. <laughs> Air Force is a one and a half point underdog. Nine and three Air Force playing six and six Louisville. No chance. The total is 55 and Louisville is a one and a half point favorite. Eric, hit me with it. What What's the prop bet on over under Malik Cunningham interceptions? Uh, 12? Yeah, let, <laughs> we'll say. Uh, I, think, I think the over under. Over. One and a half. One and a half is like the standard over under for his. For, for him on here um, over yeah, over on the one and a half uh and he oh, he did uh louisville he did officially announce malik cunningham by the way that he is going to return next season and obviously scott satterfield will be back but they did lose their first and i believe their third or fourth leading receiver to the chor- the transfer portal so yeah I, I i have seen a couple of guys uh on their way out. I like Air Force in this one. Oh my God. He's going to fade Louisville, your preseason darlings. You kidding me? Well, I think I took them over six and a half or over seven. So I guess if that makes them my darlings, uh, then yeah, the, then I'm fading my, my darlings. <laughs> um, no, six and six Louisville. I don't uh, give me Air Force in this one, I guess. I, I If I had to pick like one particular play on this game, I think I would look at under 55 but i think i'll just take uh air force plus the points Ooh, man bold that is bold mm. well i like the under better there give me a give me an under anytime a service academy is involved in the 50s so and there's no news to speak of on opt-outs or anything like that really other than what we talked about so i wouldn't think there would be nope can't really opt out of the air force <laughs> no no you, no you really can't do if that you could i would Trust me. Well, yeah, there's 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 ways to yeah, there's ways to opt out of the Air Force. They're just all really inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, they usually end up with you doing community service <laughs> right. or I was gonna say, know, something of that nature. I was gonna say, I don't think I can opt out and keep my retirement. I don't think it's the way that works. Yeah. All right. Well, Eric, why don't you go ahead and round this out and hit me with the third one, man? All right. For your third one, uh, I'm gonna make you choose. Uh, which headless horse you're going to ride between oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Alamo Bowl participants, Oregon and Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, man. Is this even a question? <laughs> kidding me? So, Oklahoma minus four and a half. Oregon plus four and a half. Next question. Oh, Fair damn. enough. Hang on now. Before you make that decision, there are, oh, man, there is a fucking gaggle of news on this game. A lot of the key assistants that were in Oklahoma went with Lincoln Riley. So that their coaching staff is pretty like thin, you know, minus maybe whoever Venables has brought with him, if anybody. That's part of the reasoning here. Yeah. And then both teams have they're gonna be without a lot of defensive starters. Uh, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, Nick Benito, Perry and Winfrey, all those guys, like, you know, they're there's just honestly you could just roll a fucking dice in this game. And uh, Bob Stoops is going to be leading the Sooners in, in their, you know, in this attack. So I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I don't see Stoops stepping out of the you know pregame booth there, walking onto the field and getting anything done. I know that you know Oklahoma, Oregon, you know pretty good high powered offenses, but Oklahoma's defense is garbage. Uh, I think Oregon probably runs the score up on them, honestly. Yeah, well, I would just like to point out that Oregon lost to Stanford once again this year. We sucked. Yeah, their maybe defense so, is nothing but, to write home about themselves. True, but I think they're a lot more sound than what Oklahoma is going to bring to the table. And I don't know. I just think with all of the coaches that you know went out in the vacuum um, so fast, I don't think a lot of those kids give a shit. Yeah, from a coaching standpoint, Oregon certainly has the advantage here because both teams lost their head coaches, but uh, Oregon staff is pretty much all staying together. Right, and that means a lot to a lot of those kids, you know right. what I mean? So, I don't know what a lot of these, I don't, a lot of those kids on Oklahoma probably don't even know who the fuck Bob Stoops is. They're like, who's this fucking old guy coming in here? <laughs> and honestly, I don't know what if any role Dan Lanning is going to play in this game. I don't know. I, I wouldn't think he's really doing a whole lot of anything. Probably none other than he might be there to a, kind of watch, but I can't like direct input. I can't imagine he's going to have much. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. He'll probably be a little I mean, bit I think busy. he's got his plate full because I think he's coaching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's trying to, trying to win a national title at the moment. Yeah, it's such a weird scenario. <laughs> Indeed it is. I wish it was all pushed to the offseason because, man, that would make the college football offseason so much more interesting if all the coaches and the transfers and all that happened in the offseason, kind of like it does in every fucking other sport. Yeah, this is true. Um, but that's going to, you know, wrap up the pick section. So hopefully, uh, you know, we got some winners in there for you got listeners out there to put some bets on. But uh, if you want to take one bit of advice, I wouldn't fucking touch any of these games with a 10-foot pole because uh, – yeah, who the fuck knows? <laughs> good advice. Uh, and that's probably just good advice for Timmy because uh, I won't repeat his against the spread record this year. So, Oh, eat my ass. <laughs> just saying. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to close us out on part one of this bowl mania. And we'll get back to some more um, with our next episode. So. Uh, until then, you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. We're part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'd like to thank our sponsor, DraftKings. And uh, we will see you with the next episode and our part two of Bowl Mania here. So uh, until then, see you guys later. Spectacular group of men. You go find them, you throw your arms around them, you give them a big kiss on the mouth if you're a girl. Yeah.